Welcome back to The Lily Kate Show. I'm so glad you're here today because Americans now think that empowerment is being sexually objectified on the internet. They think that freedom is the idea of doing whatever my base lusts command. They think that the purpose of life is pleasure. Leftists on the American side of the political spectrum wish to drag everyone back down to their primal nature by forcing us to subscribe to their ideology out of fear and captivating and empowering our envy toward each other. They say that envy is the only variable and COVID (laughs) is the only variable that comes to decision making. America has turned into the land of the fat, the unhappy, and the bitter feminist and the home of the coward, the socialist and the race hustler. See, we're philosophically void. Now, America is missing something, something in its core values. And whenever you think of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the automatic first one has to pop into your brain. We are becoming more selfish day by day. Not only do we have a pride month, right, which in the Bible is one of the seven deadly sins, we have a culture on the left that is justifying and celebrating the literal killing of people. Or in the case of Astral World with Travis Scott, where eight people tragically died at his demonic and Satanistic concert in my hometown, Houston. You'd hear like everyone just saying, get out, I can't breathe, I'm about to pass out. Got punched in the jaw, got punched in the back of my head. A lot of my friends have bruises. It was just, it was really bad. Because I have so, like, my chest is in so much pain from people pushing and like crushing, literally crushing um, my chest in and my lungs. What's really interesting about this is that it's not a mainstream news story. It's not something that people are outraged about. It's not something that we are going to the streets to say justice for the people who were crushed in a mob at a concert. This is the deadliest concert, performance, festival, whatever you want to call it, that has been since like the 1990s. More people, in fact, double the amount of people had died this past week in Houston at this concert than have ever died in a concert in one weekend in the last 30 years, and we're not even outraged about it. We're not even going to war about it. In fact, we as conservatives are trying to peddle this news story and say, no, life is more important than a mosh pit at a rapper's concert. But that's the culture we have today. One that devalues life. One that doesn't care about life lost. That we devalue life. And that's the very first thing that we're going to talk about today. Abortion. And I know, I know you've heard these talking points a million times, but they're always worth being reiterated because life is the foundation of all political thought. But radical feminism has bred, it has bred a generation of women who reject motherhood and embrace very loose sex habits. Yet the only way, because they instinctively know that loose sex habits are wrong, But the only way they can feel that they can justify it is by abortion and telling themselves that, oh, it's just a clump of cells. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have a life. It's not attached to me. In fact, this is a parasitic relationship. But the problem is, is that every time they try and justify it, it's a melody that just sounds like an out-of-tune piano. It doesn't fit right. It doesn't work. It falls flat. It sounds awkward and it needs to be fixed. An example of this is the most insane, awkward, and painful to watch SNL skit that I have ever seen that came out this past week. The Supreme Court heard arguments this week in Women's Whole Health v. Texas about the controversial Texas law that essentially bans all abortions after just six weeks. Here to cheer us up, Goober the Clown, who had an abortion when she was 23. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey! I'm Goober the Clown! 
to set the scene a little bit, this is literally a woman dressed in a very cheap clown costume. And as her introductory bio, it says that she had an abortion. That is the defining characteristic of this actor. It's the only thing they decide to talk about with her. Not that she's this amazing CEO of whatever clown company she has. No, that she had an abortion because that's the most important thing that the audience has to know about her. And that's obviously the most important thing to the left. I had an abortion the day before my 23rd birthday. Okay. I don't know who was editing this, but why did they decide to put a laugh track after that? Like the point of this is she's supposed to be making jokes and the butt of the joke is not the abortion abortion has never been funny it's never even been slightly funny just like racist jokes are just not funny i don't know who edited this but they really should have placed the laugh track in a much better place so i gotta keep talking about freaking abortion but it's a rough subject so we're gonna do fun clown stuff to make it more palatable see she literally admits here that abortion is not funny and she puts all in all this weird not funny behavior to try and make it more enjoyable to watch i don't know what adult would genuinely think this is an enjoyable skit you can hear the pain in her voice how she's trying to say oh i am successful i am worth something i didn't murder my own child when i was 23 years old i mean this is just miserable did you know one in three clowns will have a clown abortion in her lifetime you don't because they don't tell you they don't even know how to talk to other clowns about it because when they do talk about it if you were a clown who wasn't the victim of something sad like clown says they think your clown abortion wasn't a righteous clown abortion i mean what the dick is that <laughs> i don't know something about the comparison of making everything look like it's in a clown world is just really not funny but she even talks about how women stay silent about their abortions because of the shame the emotional trauma the post-abortive trauma that they feel which both pro-life and pro-murder sides agree that that is something that a woman goes through after she commits a murder. The fact that she's addressing the idea that it's difficult to talk about speaks to the larger truth that she knows it's wrong and she's trying to justify it in a humorous way but it's falling more flat than the notes that I try and hit in the car while jamming to Ariana Grande when I have a head cold. No. Laugh! I need it! I need you to laugh so hard! Cringe. Huge cringe. Like the way I laugh when the doctor asked if I got pregnant on the way over to the clinic because I wasn't very far along. And that is one of my favorite jokes to this day. I love that joke. If you heard this clip out of context, would you actually think that this lady is sane? I mean, the way she's begging for the audience to laugh and how she needs that justification. I'm sorry, this is so sad. This is like, it's getting worse and worse. Such a good joke. Not like a funny haha joke, but like a funny, you're not an awful person and your life isn't over now joke. The best kind. A honka honka. Oh my gosh. Oh, I, I have no words. It's not funny. It's pathetic. She knows that she killed her own baby and she's trying to justify it on national television, on YouTube or whatever, by acting like a clown that had an abortion. She is currently dealing with intense emotional stress and it's really telling. I know I wouldn't be a clown on TV here today if it weren't for the abortion I had the day before my 23rd birthday. Clowns have been helping each other end their pregnancies since the caves. It's gonna happen so it ought to be safe, legal and accessible. I bet after the show, she goes back to the green room, takes her clown makeup off, looks in the mirror at herself and says, I'm a successful woman 
and I did not kill my own child. I did the right thing because I have to be successful. Does she sound happy? Does she sound like she's fulfilling a good purpose in her life? I, ha- I don't have words to describe how much pity and shame I feel for her on behalf of her. I can't even imagine what she's feeling. But that is what abortion does. It turns people neurotic. It turns people crazy because of the intense emotional pain and the emotional realization you have whenever you kill your own child. And she's making a career about laughing at it, trying to turn it into a funny tea party joke that she talks about at birthday parties. There is not one ounce of me that even even would consider being pro-choice if that is the way that a woman or myself would end up if I aborted my child pretending to be a clown on national television embarrassing myself and trying to justify through humor that murder is okay it's just really interesting because also the flip side to this narrative is the COVID narrative and I'm going to explain why the abortion narrative says that life doesn't mean anything life of an unborn child even though they are living doesn't matter They're just a clump of cells. Follow the science. But then something that the COVID narrative shares is the sentiment of follow the science whenever we know that the vaccines that have been created work well to bar you from COVID, but also can have, can kill your own child, can give boys myocarditis can give men extreme health problems. I mean, where's Gavin Newsom? He's the governor of Florida. He got his booster shot and we haven't seen him in the public eye for two weeks. And there are rumors that he's having complications from the COVID vaccine, right? The the narrative around COVID is that life matters so much and we are caring about your life. If you just trust us, keep giving us power, keep putting on the mask, get six, seven, eight COVID vaccines, one from each of the big vax companies and keep getting the booster shots just because we're telling you to and just lock down for 500 more days because your life does matter and we want you to be living, we want you to live in your full potential, but to do that, you're going to have to follow our rules, right? That is the COVID narrative. These two narratives are completely opposite of each other. On one side of their mouth, well, on one side of their mask, they're saying that life matters and, and your life matters and living your full potential in the COVID lockdown, it matters to us. That's why we're having you wear the mask. And on the other side of their little little mask that should definitely say sheep, it says they're saying that no, life doesn't matter. What in fact does matter is the mom's selfishness, the mom's pleasure, the mom's fulfillment of becoming a career boss lady who has no purpose other than to type numbers into an Excel spreadsheet for eight hours every single day. And she justifies to herself when she goes home. Yes, this is my calling. This is my purpose. I am an empowered modern day woman. These arguments do not go together. These two lines of talking do not go together. And we should start pressing on that, saying, does life matter to you or does life not matter to you? Because if you tell them and you explain to them the greater good is not a purpose for killing a child or forcing people to get vaccinated, then they have a question. You back them into a corner and they say, well, 
Actually, I don't know. Does life matter or does it not? See, the Biden administration also ran on the idea that they were going to be empathetic. They were going to be inclusive. They were going to make life better and transform America for the good. Now, I'll give them the last part. They're transforming America. I don't know if it's for good. I predict it's not for good. But I do want to ask, do you think a lot of empathy is happening at the southern border? When people are flooding across the border with no food, no water, in a humanitarian crisis, there are not enough supplies, people are dying of heat stroke, they have no, no belongings, they bring nothing with them, they're tents, they're set in tents underneath a highway because there's no place to hold these people. It's like Astroworld, but at the southern border. Is this empathetic? Is letting people come over here to the land of opportunity and letting them die of heat stroke at our border because we don't have a system to actually be able to facilitate this many people coming in? Is this good? Is this empathetic? Is this inclusive? Are we including these people in our American dream whenever we tell them, yeah, you can come over here illegally, but we're not going to help you at all because we're not going to put you through the legal system of immigration and we're not going to help you by staying out of the sun and not dying of heat stroke or dying of starvation do you think that's very empathetic not to mention that these people have not been covid tested if covid was such a big deal don't you think that they would be testing illegal immigrants when they are coming over from outside of our borders but no but no because life doesn't matter that much to them life does not matter and the way we know this is actually from a personal story of something that happened to me just while i was in the airport less than a month ago. My speaking partner, Carson Wolf and I, were traveling to Maryland to Tosin University to give a speech, and ironically, we had to go on a plane ride, so we had to wear our masks to get to a place where we were going to complain about mask wearing. But I digress. We had been on there. Our flight had been delayed for about an hour and a half because of storms. So we ended up being in the plane for just about five hours that day, suffocating in our masks. We get off the plane. Carson and I remove our masks in the airport, which, mind you, is dead. The airport has no people. The only people who are actually there are the flight attendant ladies who are working behind the desks who would usually be checking people onto an airplane. There were no airplanes parked outside. Because of the storms, the airport was deserted. Carson and I were walking toward the baggage claim. From far away, we hear this voice go, put your masks on. Very faint in the distance. We ignore it though because we don't feel like dealing with that, and we're both really hangry. So we keep walking, and about 30 feet away behind us, we hear a growing and louder and more angry voice go, put your masks on. And I look at him and I say, did you hear that? And he said, yeah. And then I said, I'm not looking back behind me. So we keep walking quickly as possible. Then all of a sudden, from less than 10 feet behind us, we hear this bellowing voice, hey, doofuses, Put your masks on. Carson and I look back and it's this large lady with the submissive husband behind her with gray, short hair, old, wrinkly, definitely got the COVID vaccine, outraged at us, replacing all her God-given femininity with outrage, just like the left preaches at you to do. Put your masks on. And we start walking. We get on an escalator trying to ignore it. And I say, hey, Carson, get out your camera. And here's how the story ended. Not a lot. We'll, we'll wait for a staff member to tell us. 
she calls security while being in our faces about us wearing masks to young, very healthy children. And she's there trying to intimidate us, yelling and spitting in our face, telling us to wear a mask. It's the law. And I say, no, ma'am, it's not a law because last time I checked the TSA, we're not making laws. After that, she says, it's the airport's rule. And I say, well, you know, then we will wait for a staff member who really wants to enforce these rules to come tell us because she was on the plane ride right sitting behind us. So then after that, she takes all her courage and all her valiance and says, security. And nothing happened after that. Staff members barely looked up. Nobody moved. Security guards didn't even budge. They knew that this lady was crazy. Carson and I walked out got in our ride, and sped off to our speech. I tell you this story because people are and have become so neurotic. And I got a lot of DMs from the video that I posted. People being like, oh, but Lily, you have to wear a mask. It's, it's the law. It's the rule. It's not a law. It's not a law. Did Congress pass a mask mandate for everyone in the United States? No, they didn't. But Lily, you need to protect the people who are older. You need to protect the people who are afraid. Well, first of all, if they're that afraid, they would have gotten the vaccine. And if the vaccine's supposed to work, then they shouldn't be worried about anything. But in fact, it's always the people that are vaccinated, double, triple masking, who are the ones who are the most neurotic and afraid about the COVID pandemic. The people who choose not to wear masks and to not get vaccinated are perfectly fine. But look, I'm not a germ. You're not a germ. People are not germs. If you're going to avoid people and tell people to muzzle themselves because you are afraid that they're going to spread germs to you, you probably shouldn't have been on that plane ride in the first place. You probably should have taken a car and driven to Baltimore. Everybody has the right to protect themselves. Nobody has the right to force other people to also protect themselves. Nobody has the right to say, it is my responsibility to keep you from getting sick. When has it been an inalienable right of you to protect me from catching a cold? I don't remember that in the amendments. I don't remember that in the Declaration of Independence or in the Constitution. So when and why do I have to protect you from some germs that I can't even control while you're up in my face yelling at me about it? None of this makes sense. And so what we see Life doesn't actually matter to them. You know what does matter to them? Outrage, virtue signaling, and being correct and following the science. Other people's lives don't actually matter to them. It's only my own life. It's only protect me from getting COVID. It's protecting me from getting this sniffles. It's only to protect me, your life, your freedom, and at whatever costs, you must protect me. It's a selfish, a feminist, a gross and bitter culture that I don't know if I want to be a part of that culture if people are going to force me to do things against my will to keep other neurotic and afraid people from getting sick. That's a crazy culture. Now that is a clown culture. Now, now let us run. Let us run with the thought that maybe, maybe self-defense is the purpose for life. Let's talk about that because there's a really important trial that's happening right now. In my opinion, it's totally a farce trial because you can never try someone for self-defense. 
The trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, the guy last year during the BLM riots who who shot in self-defense two protesters and injured another. They were rioting because there was this guy named Jacob Blake who had just sexually assaulted a woman and who was driving away with her children in a car. Police intervenes and shot Jacob Blake, rightly so. That's why there were protests. Kyle Rittenhouse, who was 17 years old at the time, had a gun and he was being attacked by multiple people who were chasing after him when he was trying to help and defend the citizens of the city that they were in. The trial has been the highlight of the political news cycle this week and it has been collapsing ever since day one. It came down to a question that was asked today where literally, literally the lawyers who were trying to convict Rittenhouse of something egregious and murderous and not in self-defense ends in a facepalm. Here's a live reaction of what that sounded like. It wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him, with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired, right? Correct. Oh, that's it! That's That's it! it. Directed verdict. Directed verdict on all the murder charges. Kyle knows. The one person that survived this fatal shooting as a witness testified that it wasn't until a gun was pointing at Kyle did Kyle shoot, which means, a.k.a., this is self-defense. This trial should be over. This trial should not have happened in the first place. The footage literally shows us that there are mobs of angry dudes running after Kyle Rittenhouse. He holds his ground, defends himself like any rational person would. But of course, we know that this trial isn't even about self-defense. It's about a white guy defending himself. If this was a black person, I guarantee you they would have overlooked it and said, think nothing of it. This is just a justified riot, but it's just because Kyle is white and a white, white supremacist, nationalist, you know, all the words. But this really has you thinking about the larger narrative. Kyle Rittenhouse acted in self-defense, whereas the lady who was screaming at me to wear a mask to protect her. Now, they're really confusing what the idea of self-defense means. Self-defense, evident in the self part of the self-defense word, is not about protecting other people. If you act in self-defense, that's different than acting in valiance or courage in defending other people, people that you love. Self-defense is something that you yourself can act in a self-preservation mode. But the left is doing what they always do and trying to redefine words to make them mean something that they never have meant and never probably will mean. They're trying to redefine self-defense as you need to defend me at all costs to your freedom. They would have been happier if Kyle Rittenhouse had been killed that day solely because he's a white guy who tried to act in self-defense. So leftists, what is it? Does life matter? Does life not matter? Is the purpose of life to be successful and to act like a clown on national television? Or is the purpose of life to solely defend other people's health and to solely cower away from getting a little bit of a sniffle? What is the definition of self-defense in your opinion? Is it defending oneself from imminent danger? Or is it defending other people and not harming other people because that will protect you and we care about you? 
does life matter to the leftist woke ideology that we are having permeated through our universities and through our high schools and down to just middle school? Does life even matter in the leftist ideology? And the answer from all of our examples today has to be no. So who, who would want to subscribe to an ideology, to a belief that says no life matters? The leftist ideology says that no, your life doesn't matter. If you're living and want to go be successful in the world and interact with people, well, you can't do that because it's important that you stay locked away in your home for months on end because there's a virus going on. But then they also say that if you're technically not outside of the womb yet, we have the right to kill you if we want to, because your life doesn't matter. That if there are angry mobsters who have guns, who are armed, who are chasing after you, your life doesn't matter because you don't have the right to shoot them and act in self-defense. Hey leftist, does life matter? And with these three examples, your answer would have to be no. Your life doesn't matter, not significant to us. And who would subscribe to that? Who would want to be a radical leftist in today's climate when your first, foremost, and most fundamental right, the right to life, is not upheld, but in fact, it's attacked? And we have to debate about this in the courts because now the courts are up to decide whose life matters and whose life doesn't matter. This leftist ideology is weak. This leftist ideology is destructive. This leftist ideology is not productive. It does not see the sanctity, the dignity, the beauty, and the goodness of a life that has to be lived and a life that is allowed to live. And no longer do we have place for this in America. I mean, can we not just agree upon the fact that life is good? Life is a good thing. Life should be lived. And why do we have the right to take away anybody's right to self-defense? anybody's life and anybody's quality of life for the ends of power and control because that's all leftists want. Don't fall for the lies anymore that they're the empathetic ones, that they care about you, that they care about your quality of life. They don't. They've overplayed their hands and there's not one part of them that wants to be genuine and honest about what matters to them because it's not your life, but it is in fact their own lives and their own power and their own selfishness. (laughs) 